Six weeks ago, we started off by saying, "Wake me up when the World Cup ends," and now we've ended up saying, "Don't wake me up. The dream is still on. Let me have one more game. Just one more game." This is the Talkie Talkie Podcast. Hello ladies and gentlemen and we are still in denial mode still in hangover mode from the world cup the world cup has ended but probably for the first time in our football watching lifetimes we are hoping that we can have some more international football just a couple more games like the final what a final right i remember radha typing in full caps on the whatsapp group this is the greatest world cup of all times and i have to agree on field action in those terms i mean unbeatable uh, so as mentioned we have radha on the panel today we also have ab returning from a brief hiatus how you boys enjoyed the world cup yeah swag uh, probably not probably 1000% the greatest world cup that i've ever seen uh, <laughs> i mean i don't know where to get started and where to end it was just the most incredible world cup but what a final to top it all off uh, i pretty much forgotten what happened in that third place playoff uh, by the end of the weekend um, exhilarating stuff and if i'm going to go for one moment of course the moment would be uh, england winning the fair play league um, i'm i'm just kidding So if I had to pick one moment I'd go for the Mbappe penalty in extra time uh that that guy has uh, ice in his veins I, when I was watching that I wasn't able to watch the penalty live leave alone be able to take a penalty like that and considering that he had already taken a penalty before it's against Emi Martinez who's known for his shithousery and mind games just incredible and then he went on to get the next penalty after that i know this is a day all about argentina about one man but for me the moment of the week i would be that 23 year old who may be a goat conversation for 10 years later let's see but mbappe gets the week of the moment of the week for me yeah and it it was amazing right uh, other people are struggling to get one past martinez and this guy is standing there uh, having put three past him in one game itself amazing stuff ab what was it for you how was it uh, were you rooting for argentina or was it france who had your fancy so i've been rooting for argentina f- from the get go i uh, in our bracket also i had argentina winning the world cup so i definitely wanted them to win uh and uh ad- but i will admit that as the game was unfolding and argentina were dominating and they went one goal up and then two goals up i wanted france to come back into it because i didn't want that final to be over because it was just so good um uh, you know i did cheer when mbappe scored his second goal um and then the match went to extra time and then argentina scored and then france scored again we'll talk a lot we'll talk more about that but uh uh yes uh, i'm very happy for argentina i'm very happy that uh, messi won and uh, uh, i think they richly deserved the trophy yeah it was just an amazing game uh, i mean 
I think all of us were probably hoping that if they could just change the rules to Sunday league football and just keep going after 120 minutes as well. Why go for penalties? Just keep going for 30 minutes more. Maybe Mbappe would score two more, Messi would score one more and assist one. Stuff like that. Amazing, amazing game. I don't think any final definitely, as Radha said, beats that. And very few games as well from World Cup history would, would beat the drama that we had in, in, in that game. So getting to the to the match uh, itself, uh, France had a very slow start, right? And that cost them dearly in the end. But was it more the case that Argentina won the World Cup or was it more France losing it because of their poor first 70-80 minutes? It's a pretty inexplicable swag. I think uh, we were all expecting both teams to kind of give away the ball to the other and play the same way that they've played till now. Um, and in the in the semi-final against Morocco, I think France uh, ended up doing that and giving Morocco the... Um, Morocco ended up taking the ball. I thought one of these teams would have to break and it ended up being Argentina who changed their style of play. Um, that definitely surprised everybody and I'm sure it surprised uh, France and we'll come to a few more surprises. But I just wonder whether it was the... Uh, the injury talk pre-game, the illness talk, the bug that we were talking about, because there was a severe lack of energy, lack of running, even when they did get the ball on the wings from Mbappe and and Usman Dembele, who have been their main two outlets all through the season. Sorry, all through the cup, and then we we you you see two early subs like a first, two first half subs in a World Cup final. With Usman Dembele and Giroud, who, by the way, ended up being the third top scorer in the World Cup, the, these two get brought off two stars for the for the, for France. It just points to me like there may have been a physical issue there. Perhaps all those rumors were true about there being a bug in the camp, and maybe Giroud and Usman were two of the players who were impacted by that. Maybe more so because all of the French players were on the back foot right from the start. That is the only credit or only excuse I will give France. Everything else was all Argentina. So their their energy, their game, their their surprise element, it was just superb. Like you were talking a minute ago about whether you know who would come out and try to win the game because both teams have been happy to let their opponents have the ball right up until the final. Uh, and I think coming to the thing of whether Argentina won it or France lost it, I think that's what settles it for me. The fact that Di Maria, I think Di Maria only started the opening game against Saudi Arabia and then he starts the final directly after that, right? So, to me, that proves that Scaloni was like very focused or rather very intent that France would be, uh, sorry, Argentina would be the team that comes out and tries to win the game. You know, I can totally imagine every game, uh, before every game, Di Maria walking up to Scaloni and asking, boss, am I starting this game? He's like, hold on, hold on, just wait, just wait. And then he unleashes him in the final when France are potentially ill, some players, but definitely tired, many of them, right? So, um, I think that was a great, uh, it was a, I don't like to use that word, but masterstroke by uh, Scaloni to just unleash uh, Di Maria for that final. He had uh, Kunde in absolute knots. Uh, he was fresh and there was just there's no getting past uh, Di Maria that day. It was superb. His performance was brilliant. Uh, the first penalty, you know, 
not the most cut and dry penalty that you'll see but uh, i think um, i think uh, argentina were well worth their 2-0 lead and then we'll come to france's come back in a minute maybe yeah for uh, france i think uh, you mentioned the double sub uh, radha and i think giru was uh, just the casualty there they i think they wanted to take off dembele but also probably mbappe was one of the few people who was not affected by the bug so they wanted him to get up in center of all the action which meant sacrificing giru which is why they they took giru off as well and and that gave uh, mbappe the chance to get into that left center space so that he could he could influence the game more but even then even after that it took them quite a long time but uh, it it took them quite a lot of time to gel together but until the subs were done it se- it seemed like there was ju- there was just 11 players playing the the other team was nowhere to be seen so probably that illness also played a part but apart from that i think yeah argentina richly deserved their 2-0 uh, at that point of time and even even when france equalized they scored the first one and the second one it was pretty <clears throat> close so i think one i think up touched upon it a bit but one thing um you have to take your hat off to scaloni uh tactically he has been really uh, experimentative and he's surprising all the teams that he's come come up against of course the di maria one stands out as what an incredible uh, thing to do in a world cup final and when you see him play the way he does it was reminiscent of the real madrid di maria the guy who's selfless who runs for the team who 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 has of course outstanding quality not the di maria who came to manchester united and kind of did like nothing and has all the all our uh, brethren from that side of manchester uh, calling him the snake um, it was great to see i have to but you have to tip your hat to scaloni because in the previous game he played that four four central midfielder formation where they were playing a little narrow and bursting through the back of uh, uh, croatia really fast in the previous game they switched to a back five against netherlands um where uh, licha martinez came on and uh, i was i was really expecting them to go to a back five in this game as well but he keeps surprising people and rk was mentioning on the group that he doesn't really have a strong pedigree in in coaching teams uh, at the top level uh, so sometimes the entire debate we had about gareth southgate and his uh, skill levels and things like that it doesn't take somebody like a jose mourinho to come and solve things you can find the right person as long as he is showing the right signs so i mean really impressed with scaloni also impressed uh with france i think they uh, they did try to change things even though it didn't work out till one man one man basically took over the show i was talking about this on our group also and then i think desham took off giroud and I keep forgetting who's the other player he took off uh, on the 40th dembele. minute uh, dembele on the 40th minute mark I was critical of those two subs obviously France had played poorly up until that point they had hardly had troubled Martinez uh but I was critical of those subs because if you want to come back into a game you need that focal point in Giroud you know putting Mbappe down the middle uh, which he played for some time and then I know Colomani and Thuram uh came in and they were also playing down the middle but uh, I felt that uh, that was not a good substitution it felt like a panic sub to me and i would like to think i was right i know those players came into it more towards the second half of the second half but those subs did not work actually france did not come back into the game uh, even 70 75 minutes 
on they were not really those subs were not effective in wrestling the control back for france i felt so i was actually disappointed in deschamps a little bit and um i would like to think that you know they if france came back into it because mbappe dragged them back into it almost obviously that penalty to come back to 2-1 was a little fortuitous Uh, but you need that right i mean to me it was not too different from the penalty that di maria had won so uh, i mean i i i would if for france's comeback i'd rather i'll give much much more of the credit to mbappe uh, almost dragging his team out of that rather than deschamps actually coming back into it with some you know tactical master strokes of sorts so yeah I, i i don't think they were master strokes but at least he was attempting to make a change he wasn't letting things be um the idea was they were not showing enough energy and the two guys he did bring in bring on say whatever you say about their performance and it wasn't great from france till the 70th minute it wasn't really great but they did have the energy they did have the running i think uh, they um kolo muani who i was like a little confused by all through as to how is this guy really on this stage with all these other players i was getting quite confused about all of that but he actually played a superb role he won the penalty he almost scored the goal that won the world cup in that most crazy uh, uh 98th minute or whatever it was uh so i mean they had a role to play their energy they kept on till the end of the game as well i feel like usman dembele the game was predicated on them getting the ball in a counter situation and then blasting down the wings and usman dembele perhaps was not physically able to do that so i thought that were th- those were required subs um it didn't work out yes i agree with that and uh, it i too do think that yeah basically one man kind of just pulled it out of nowhere and got them back into the game but i applaud them for at least trying it's it takes some serious cojones to take out uh your second top scorer and probably one of the best wingers in the world in the first half of a world cup final yeah it was almost reminiscent mbappe's feet was almost reminiscent of thanos you remember uh, at one stage in the mcu saga he just picks up the gauntlet and says fine i'll just have to do it myself and he just goes okay you know what no one else seems to be up for it i have to do it myself i don't care what stories could have been written had he actually managed to get them over the line it would have been remembered as the mbappe final rather than the rather than the messi show so on those fine margins as you said with the muani shot in the 121st or 123rd minute even maybe he could have passed left to mbappe i don't know maybe something else could have happened but uh, yeah those those are all what if moments all those sliding door moments but uh, looking at it tactically you you rather you said that scaloni had a good game and um, ab you said you didn't talk you didn't uh, enjoy the subs that uh, deschamps made but yeah i agree with rather there that it takes serious kohonis uh, to take off someone like a jiru and bring on someone like a kolomani i actually talked to a frankfurt fan just before the world cup started and just after muani had come in for in kunku and he said okay this guy is young but he's really nice this guy is a season ticket holder so he sees him week in week out so he said that look out for him he, he might do something interesting or something memorable he almost did that but uh, anyway right so the stories were not about mbappe the stories have ended up being about a separate man someone uh, who has apparently now completed football there's nothing else left for him to do but uh, it appears that he's going to carry on for some more time with argentina 
probably even defending the world cup in 4 years time you'd never know it's just 3 and a half years away so messi has his fairy tale story right and i don't think many people would begrudge him that talk about a guy who just decided he woke up that day and i think he just decided you know this is the final i'm you know i'm meant to play this i'm just going to own it right i think it was uh, i wouldn't be surprised if he walked up to scolonia and said you know this match i want you to play de maria out there because i i want us to have the control of this game i would not be surprised at all if that happened um uh, from minute 1 he just ran the show that guy he just absolutely ran the show uh, uh, i mean uh, obviously involved in i think all three goals he scored two of them of course the penalty and his touch and pass for the demaria's demaria's goal was just outstanding it it takes a stroke of genius to pull off something like that uh, we've seen it of course from him hundreds of times over the years but uh, it's it's still it's you know it's like one of those passing shots that federer plays we've seen it we've seen him do it hundreds of times but when he does it in front of you again live it's just it's, it's still a you know it still makes your hair stand up so uh, i think he just woke up and decided that he'll own the match and he'll take the world cup home or or he's not going home at all right so i think just this no no nothing else to say about that guy i mean let's just take a a second to talk about argentina second goal <laughs> the probably the greatest goal in a world cup final that was scored just gorgeous goal from start to finish messi of course did play a critical role but then the other other parts in that play were also incredible ending with a di maria the star of the show finishing it off and then the celebration di maria with his hands outstretched running with his mouth open eyes wide and then ending it with in tears it was just incredible to watch a few times earlier in this tournament i've talked about um that moment that you makes you feel like a child and you're running around the 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 hall screaming i think di maria's goal did that again for me mbappe's second goal equalized it did that again for me um this entire uh, it had so many moments this world cup it's probably the greatest world cup the greatest world cup final the greatest goal in the world cup like i mentioned probably the best extra time that we've ever seen in 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 any game uh just outstanding stuff i i'm we there's so much tactically that was happening but i'm uh, i'm just like not even getting into the way that argentina got griezmann out of the game it was it was just great stuff to talk about but i can't get into any of that it was just mind blowing the game that we witnessed and then you come to the man i mean i was okay. for me he was the goat whether he won the world cup or not um and i too like upset in the beginning i was really rooting for france to get back into the game because it was looking towards being a really boring 2-0 not boring but you know what i mean like not a end to end back and forth 2-0 victory coming to argentina right so i was looking forward to france getting in the game and how they did but then to score a goal in in extra time messi's foot you think that the stars are aligned all for it to come crashing down again with another penalty and then you go into the penalties where messi's entire career the one black mark always against him has been his penalty taking and he literally he softly nudges the ball in the direction of the goal in my opinion it's it's a very savable penalty but somehow loris kind of he 
I don't know, dove the right way, but dove like 10 seconds late. I couldn't figure it out. It seemed like it should have been saved, but he got the job done. Messi scored the penalty. He didn't have that thing hanging over his head. And Emmy Martinez took care of the rest. Just, just the most outstanding day of football, probably as a fan, not related to Liverpool that I've ever experienced. And I've never felt this way about international football. I've never been personally involved I don't really hardcore support any of the teams, even though I am a Brazil fan. But the way I felt on Sunday, it was just mind-blowing. And I'll never forget the way that this World Cup has made me feel. Crazy good stuff. I think Qatar, we've criticized Qatar a lot, but it's given us some some of the best memories in football. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think it was a savable penalty. And I think we discussed it on the last episode as well, that Loris's record in shootouts is not that good. And that ended up, uh, coming to the fore again but uh, yeah happy for uh, Messi and I don't think that a World Cup was necessarily the factor that would define whether whether a player was a GOAT player or not also you you can be in a really shit international team but be amazing at uh, club level throughout doesn't mean that you, you should not be considered worthy for uh, the GOAT uh, comparisons as well so I'm not sure whether winning a World Cup defines whether that guy is a GOAT or not but there are many people for whom that is a criteria so I think that got answered uh, on, on, on Sunday. But uh, I think moving forward to uh, the third, fourth place playoff game now, and I think this was a game that we said no one cares much about it. Didn't seem like that that on, on the match day and definitely didn't seem like it uh, in Croatia when you saw those visuals of all the fans with the flares out and enjoying the third place uh, victory and it's amazing right uh, if you think of it from Croatia's point of view they've played like six or seven World Cups and they've got three podium finishes in that so I don't think there's there's a country who's got a better record there and uh, yeah kudos to them and Modric also said that he wants to carry on until the Nations League uh, final so any th- any pressing thoughts on on that game or, or are we just in the... I don't think we're quite ready to uh, move <laughs> on yet. I I have to I have to talk about, uh, I mean, Emmy Martinez. Uh, the plaudit should rightly go to Leo Messi. After all, a golden ball, a two-time golden ball winning, uh, now a World Cup winner as well. Um, scored seven goals in the World Cup. Almost won the golden boot, if not for that other genius that was Mbappe. Uh, but Emmy Martinez really did take the game home. Um, he had like three penalties scored against him by Mbappe all through the all through the game. But you know that when somebody's stepping up and Emi is on the other side, you know exactly who's in charge at that moment. My favorite moment was when I who's the first guy who missed? I think it was uh Kolomuani or was it someone else? But um he rolled the ball to the edge of the box instead of back to the striker. That's just the typical most Emmy Martinez thing that you can do. He made the striker walk and extra. That, that was Chuamani, I think. Chuamani. Then he yeah. made he made the he made the guy walk uh, an extra fifteen steps to the side to go pick up the ball and come back. Already made the long walk all the way to the Argentina fans. This guy really knows how to get in somebody's head, and I think a performance for the ages in that penalty shootout and. Uh, the game before that, sorry, the the moments before that as well, saving Kolomuani's shot. I think he has as much of a say on this World Cup coming to Buenos Aires as Leo Messi does, as astounding as that is. 
uh, a player who's played in probably the second and third leagues of England, playing in all sorts of clubs whose names never get mentioned at any uh, major stage, been in Arsenal for ages, been loaned out to the entire world, uh, to 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 have a say on on the World Cup being decided and going to Argentina for Messi's iconic day is just incredible. But after the game, uh, that's where I think I draw the line at uh, what he did in the game. After the game, I felt like a real lack of class all through the place uh, from Emi Martinez. The They were in the dressing room, somebody shooting a video. He's singing a song about Mbappe there. He goes on the the whatever that bus, that the tour of Buenos Aires or wherever they were went. And he's again got Mbappe's photo uh, stuck to the World Cup, like a baby Mbappe. On, on a baby, yeah. On a baby, yeah. So on stuck to the baby and stuff like that. A little extremely classless. And, and then I get a little pissed off with these guys. Like the guy scored a hat-trick and scored a penalty on you. Took three penalties that you couldn't save. I mean, calm down. You've got enough going for you. You don't need to descend to this kind of bullshit. But yeah, I guess at the end of the day, he has a World Cup to... To, to shine and probably take take home for one night. So, uh, good for him. Like, uh, just don't like to see that after what he did after the game. Yeah, and uh, a bit classless with uh, his antics at the presentation ceremony as well. But uh, I think he, f- he forgot that the shithousery just needed to stay on the pitch. But uh, also interesting to see that and good to see that unlike uh, Brazil where Neymar was supposed to take the fifth penalty, Messi came up, took the first penalty, got it out of the way, didn't end up in a situation where you uh, you have your best player waiting to take a penalty and that situation never arising. So, so, so that was also good to see. But uh, another thing that uh, made an impact was like you said, his save at the last minute. You know, it reminded me a bit of uh, Casillas' save from Robin in uh, the 2010 World Cup final in extra time where he just stretched leg out and again Martinez stretching a leg out. But I think something that you mentioned was that um, the clubs that he played for and Rotherham and stuff like that whose names you don't really see mentioned quite a lot um, at the world stage. And if you look at the Argentina squad makeup as well, you've got uh, Martinez from Aston Villa, you've got McAllister from Brighton. So you've got lesser lies. You you don't have like five from Real Madrid, six from Barcelona, two from uh, PSG, etc., etc. You've got a fair bunch. So I think earlier as well in history, what's happened is that Argentina have had a bit of infighting in the squad. The the management has not been good. And what this guy has done, that Scaloni has done, is that he's created a team harmony which has helped them go over the uh, final hurdle. And in terms of the antics, I think I'm just reminded of Jonathan Wilson's book uh, about uh, Argentina, whose title says it all, Angels with Dirty Faces. So they, they showed the angelic part as well as the fact that they still have that shithousery in them to bring it out whenever needed. Yeah, I think um, some there's a lot of, I think, steel there, a lot of uh, grit and determination, all those bo- boring words that we always talk about when... But ex- extremely required things, uh, skill as well. I think all of, we saw some great displays of skill from a lot of players. But I think the sta- one of the standouts of, of the whole we've already talked about so many standouts. Uh, but one of the standouts for Argentina for me was that midfield. I think uh, tactically they were so flexible. They did each other's roles. Uh, they complemented each other so beautifully, especially Enzo. And uh, Rodrigo de Paul and McAllister for me. McAllister has been the 
jump out of the the box kind of character for me this entire world cup of course we have appreciated what he's been doing at brighton but this takes it to a whole new level i think in the final he had a little bit on the left he was playing um, just so that he was supporting di maria and putting that extra pressure on jules kunde which did end up counting i think kunde cracked under the pressure a lot of people cracked under the pressure otamendi was the guy that we always knew and expected uh, from like in the final he actually finally had a moment where he cracked as well uh, but that midfield of argentina probably won this world cup for them that that industry and grit is what allowed um, the likes of messi and di maria in this final to kind of really let loose um, so great i'm i'm really looking forward to the likes of enzo and sofian uh, from um, morocco to make it to a really large club uh, given their given their displays in this world cup and i think these are this mcallister is just going to go from strength to strength maybe brighton is a place to be but some amazing new talents that came out in this world cup even adrian rabio for that matter he's had a great world cup um, all through after being much maligned so lot of lot of people especially in midfield really stepping up and in this final as well so um, i can't wait for the next well i don't want to watch the nations league but i can't wait for the next euros or the next world cup to see more of this this is the kind of stuff that you want to see in internationals you might want to wait for the next iteration of the nations league because if i remember correctly some of the south american teams are going to join the nations league so it's going to be south america plus europe so that will be one fun to look out fun thing to look out for On- you can you can just bet your bottom dollar that in a week's time when the premier league has started we'll be back to hating international <laughs> football again so so don't don't worry about that i don't think this bringing a south american team for a midweek sorry what a mid season international break is going to make us feel any better about it okay so let's uh, summarize our uh, world cup experience now and we've been talking about this all through the world cup uh, give me your biggest surprise or shock um, a team or a moment uh, your biggest disappointment and one future star you want to look out for i'll i'll start and for me i think the biggest surprise was uh, um has to be morocco uh, no one expected them to reach where they did and uh, yeah I'm, i know i'm taking the easy hanging fruit here but uh, yeah no one expected them to reach here and uh, probably in terms of uh, disappointment it has to be brazil going out to croatia in in the quarter finals we expected better of them and uh, i think future star to look out for and i think radha is going to kill me for this but uh, jude bellinger <laughs> is that 3 on 3 for for yours as well i knew it was a mistake letting swag go first he's basically taken my entire section away um let me just switch things around i'll say my biggest surprise was the brazil loss uh, going going out to croatia the way they did um the biggest disappointment i would say i it's a little bit of a weird one but i felt really really badly for kylian mbappe at the end of that final i i i completely wanted leo messi to sign off with the world cup i, I felt that that was a really fitting end well actually the biggest disappointment i should say is messi came out and said he's not going to retire i mean what a great time to retire on a high probably the pinnacle of any sport 
and and you come out and just just retire for God's sake. No, but no, he said he's going to go on for longer. Uh, I don't know. That's probably the biggest disappointment. But no, coming to uh, Mbappe, I think watching him the way he. Stood up and delivered in this World Cup all through and in a final. This is now the second final that he's delivered in. He's got five goals in two World Cup finals. Most legends don't have five goals in World Cups. Period. Um, this guy is going to be a superstar for for a long, long time. I was really disappointed that you put in a performance like that. Uh, um, not that he played well for 120 minutes, but to have an impact like that and to come out on the losing side that was really disappointing. Future star to look forward to. I mean, Jude was definitely a uh, one of my favorites. But I mean, going back to the names I've been talking about all through the tournament, right? So Musiala, um, Pedri, and Gavi, of course. Um, but though, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with um, Enzo. I think he's he's been one that's really um, really impressed and excited me. He has the ability to break things down, but unlike and and Sofian as well, but I I don't know whether you can count Sofian as one to look out for in the future. But um, Enzo really has that ability to kind of uh, break things down, but also immediately get the the counter attack started with a with a forward looking pass. Uh, and he's he sometimes seems to me like he's an eight and a six in equal measure, and that's exactly the kind of player that all top clubs would be wanting um, wanting to sign. So yeah, Enzo is is my pick because Jude is already taken. Okay, I'm going to sound cynical. Biggest surprise for me, uh, and because we watch Chelsea all the time, is the fact that Ziyech actually can play well if you make him the main character. Who knows? Who knew, right? And, wow, uh, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm we, finally... we have a convert. Uh, we have a convert. <laughs> there, there's still a, like a pinch of salt sitting on my desk here. So, you know, I, I'm not going to say that he's reformed or he's a second coming of Christ or whatever. But um, uh, uh, pleasantly surprised to see him do well given the captaincy, takes charge, takes the team to the semis. You know, credit where it's due. Uh, Because disappointment, I would probably pick one of Germany or Spain. I'll probably go with Germany because um, I think between them and Spain, they are the better team. Uh, probably a slightly more mature team. Spain, of course, has a lot of young players coming through. So I would say that uh, Germany was probably the biggest disappointment. I know we didn't expect them to like win, go out and win the tournament, but to not get out of the group, uh, I think they'll be very disappointed with that. I think this is what second time in a row now they've not gotten out of the group. So a disappointment, I'll go with Germany. Future star, I mean, there's so many... Uh, uh, so many, so many young players now. I think you guys hit all the big names, Kevi Pedri, uh, and so on. Uh, so I don't have anybody else. I think from that list, maybe my memory is not serving me well right now. Um, but yeah, I think there was plenty of good players to look forward to. Uh, the who look forward to good. I'd probably go with uh, uh, looking forward to seeing what Guardiola does uh, over the coming years. I know he signed a new contract. He's probably going to be at Leipzig and there's a good chance that he'll stay at Leipzig over the coming summer also. But I think there is a 100 million move not too far into his career. Yeah, likely to Bayern Munich as is usually what happens with German superstars, right? German league superstars. Solid call that. I think Guardiol uh, is a good call. I think he had uh, a nice 
goal to finish off that uh, very promising tournament that he's had as well. But okay, let's add one more question to the mix, guys. Uh, uh, Toki Taka has been all through the World Cup, been tracking what's been going on with our moments of the week and Toki moments of the week. What's your Toki moment of this World Cup? Um, it uh, It's the one thing that perhaps uh, not a disappointment, not a surprise or anything of that sort, but the one Toki moment that, that stands out for you guys. Uh, why don't you start be, the f- <laughs> I'll, I'll go first uh, for me it's okay I'm going to go with the quirky ones because uh, we've already covered the the stuff on the pitch I think probably the talky moment for me uh, was where is mercy where is mercy I think that's that's been it's one of my favorite moments of the World Cup the Saudi Arabia fan coming out and doing an interview after after beating Argentina on 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 in their first game and saying where is Messi looking in the reporters pockets and stuff like that just incredible fun i think a lot of good banter in this world cup yeah, yeah the banter level is really high uh, for for me i think it's going to be uh, the leap of faith the that the morocco striker had i'm i'm still enamored by morocco i think they're by far the biggest story of the World Cup for me, even beyond Messi, because of it's 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 a glass ceiling moment, right, for them. So um, the the goal that they scored against Portugal, that that stands out as my moment of uh, the World Cup. Ah, uh, man, you guys, I uh, didn't expect Radha will put us on the spot like this. Uh, but um, I'll probably also say Morocco overall. Uh, I know. That as per the official numbers in the stadiums, I think Argentina were the most sub or vocally supported team in the stadiums. But sitting here and watching in India, I f- like I felt the biggest noise come out of my television set when Morocco were playing. Uh, it it was just an incredible level of support uh, for them. I just I never knew that. And you know who would have predicted that Morocco would be the first ever African team to reach a World Cup semi-final? You would have put your money on Ghana or Senegal, right? If you were asked to bet. Um, yeah, I'll probably go with them as well. Um, I think they were uh, uh, they were they were brilliant. Uh, and just a quick note on that uh, leap of faith uh, in the uh, in the quarterfinals. We uh, all recall that uh, Ronaldo goal against for Juventus against Sampdoria, I think. Uh, right, there were two. There were two Ronaldo headed goals that s- sort of stay in memory. One is the 2009 Champions League final against Chelsea, and the other one is uh, this uh, for goal for Juventus against Sampdoria, where he jumps to like an uh, like like an insane height to head the ball. He has no business getting there with his head. Uh, I just saw that the uh, Morocco goal, uh, the striker actually jumped higher than Ronaldo did for that goal against Sampdoria. Uh, which is just uh, <laughs> like who knew he had that in his locker, right? And to pull that off in a on an occasion like that was just uh, that was just incredible. Uh, yeah, anyway, I, I kind of so so uh, in a in a podcast talking about world football, the world stars, uh, we have discussed Leo Messi for almost half an hour, and no discussion on Ronaldo until us talking about somebody who jumped higher than him. I'm I'm not sure we can count on Cristiano to be one of our listeners uh, of the Talky Taka podcast going forward. But I guess the higher you jump, the farther you fall. Well said, well said. Okay, and let's do a rapid fire quiz before we close. We've had a quiz throughout uh, the World Cup. Uh, 
So I'm just going to throw some questions at you guys. So 22 questions because it was the 22 quiz. So uh, 22 World Cup. Um, which stage did Argentina not get a penalty? Group stage. Quarter yep. final. Nope. It was the round, round of 16. Set, round of 16. <laughs> <laughs> who is the only player who scored twice in two games? Mbappe. Mbappe. Correct. You already took one of my questions. Who won the fair play award? So that was England. Uh, they only got one yellow card. Uh, who was that player? Mm, Jordan Henderson. Nope. Is it uh, the keeper? Nope. It is the so-called fridge Harry Maguire against France. Oh. Who was the youngest manager at the World Cup? Rigobert Song. Close, but no. It was Alucise. Alucise. Oh. It was Scaloni at forty-four years Scaloni. of age. Okay. Okay, Morocco uh, are the first semi-finalist from Africa. Who was the first quarter-finalist Ghana. from Africa? No, it was Cameroon in nineteen ninety. Oh. And you remember this one? Which team did not have a single shot? Not a shot on target. A shot in the entire game. Israel. There was one team which wore three different kits throughout the tournament. Who was it? And this is a bit of a funny one. Saudi Arabia? No. Argentina? Ah. Uh-huh. Morocco again? <laughs> no. It was Canada. So they played three games, had three different kits, and went home to prepare. Oh yeah, there was a black, a white, and a red. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh. How many shootouts have there been in World Cup finals overall, including this one? फोर क्लोज से Uh, I'm going to say uh, someone like an Argentina. Uh, it was a showboating team. Brazil? No, but it was Brazil. Play. It was Brazil because they brought on their third, third choice. Keeper? This is a guy called Everton. So W Everton. So Everton came on for the last 10 minutes of the Korea game, I think. Right. How many direct red cards were shown? We had four red cards. How many of them were straight reds? Two, one, one. The only one was Wayne Hennessy for Wales. Uh, you talked about the fair play award, Radha. So this is a punishment for you. Who was at the other end of the table with seventeen yellow cards? Netherlands, Argentina. Ah, but damn. but fair play. I mean, they played so many games, so that's still okay. Saudi Arabia was second with fifteen from three games. <laughs> Who did Mbappe emulate by scoring a hat trick in the final? Sorry, what did you repeat that question? Who did Mbappe emulate by scoring a hat trick in the final? Nobody. Nobody scored a hat trick in the final. That just goes on to add to your uh, what? What has Sir Ramsey done in in his past history? This is going to be clipped up. I'm pretty sure. 
ஃபுட்பால் uh you can't compare records from current to his and say hey we're almost next to alf ramsey he also got sacked after not qualifying for the world cup uh 8 years after winning it and got knocked out maybe in the round of 16 or something like that in his next one so he's not he doesn't go down as one of the best managers of all time i'm sorry he just doesn't and looks like yeah, uh, he has a world cup looks like someone is furiously googled <laughs> alf ramsey after the previous episode <laughs> Now suddenly he'll tell us what he did after retirement also. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I, I didn't mean, so when I was talking about uh, him in the previous episode, I didn't mean that he was a bad manager. I just meant that he has, he shouldn't be compared, like, I mean, he as in Southgate shouldn't be compared to him and say that that's a good comparison of any sorts. He's, he's a totally different guy. I do know who he is and what he did, but I mean, it's irrelevant for Southgate's argument is the point I was trying to make. Uh, but yeah. that being said alf ramsey is not the most uh, revered manager either okay coming back to the quiz which team lost to both finalists lost to france and argentina uh morocco no i think every answer is going to be morocco right <laughs> right uh france and argentina let let me just check if any of the answers going forward are morocco no okay i'm good <laughs> Oh, Croatia. No. France, England. It has to be once England. in the group stage then. At least Correct. one. Correct. Yeah. Ab's yeah. got uh, thinking right. Uh, so, is this a France group or Argentina's group? France's group has... Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Croatia. No, Croatia was in Brazil's group. Okay. Man, it, you know, the Argentina, group stage feels like some eight <laughs> years ago right now. Seriously, dude. Like, <laughs> okay, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. It was Australia. Australia played France in the group stage and lost to Argentina right. in the oh, round right, 16. Right, Australia. Which country missed all the penalties they took in the shootout? Spain. Yes. <laughs> Who was Irv Renard managing and he became famous for his uh, um, uh, dressing Canada. room video? No, no. Oh, Saudi Arabia. Correct, Saudi Arabia. Oh, Saudi Arabia. Who's oh. whose feet did uh, Vincent Abubakar emulate when he was sent off after scoring in the game? so scored and got sent off in in a world cup game who Sounds was the last like guy to do that thing to do oh, very close you got the right alphabet zidane 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 is zidane oh damn zidane oh i thought i thought he got sent off in the act of scoring okay never mind yeah. which club had three starters in the world cup final sorry which club Bayern had three starters had, yeah. paris saint germain nope bayern munich Mm-mm. I mean these this this club had four people on the in on, on in the squads in the world cup final and three of those players started one of them is known as an enforcer on and off the pitch for messi oh, atletico it is atletico so they had three people starting uh-huh. how many goals did qatar score one one correct 
How many Premier League clubs were represented in the final? Wow, okay. Brighton, Liverpool, uh, Manchester Aston Villa. United. This is a squad or, or everybody? Aston squad. Villa, City. In, in, in the, in the okay, squad. Aston Villa. So France and Argentina. Spurs, six. Uh, City. So that's six already. Six. Uh, Arsenal. Wait, is that? No, wait, Arsenal, did they have anybody? No, no, no Arsenal. No, Arsenal didn't have anybody. Uh, that's it, I think. It is six. six. Yes, it is six. Uh-huh. And uh, which manager was shown a straight red card? The only one to get one. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I remember this shit. Louis Van Gaal? And th- uh, no. And this meant that this guy didn't have to face his actual nation. So he, he was he was managing a different nation and this red right, card right, meant right. that he didn't have to face his actual country. It was the Korean manager Paulo Bento, which meant that he missed the game against Portugal. Ah. And finally, who sponsored the Golden Ball and Golden Boot Award? Which I'm company? I guess not Budweiser. <laughs> Why do I have a feeling that one of them is... Uh, They're both the same. They're both sponsored by the same. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Baijus? <laughs> Baijus is the chief sponsor for the World Cup, man. Uh, yeah, one, yeah, of, yeah. one of the headlines. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it, I don't know, is it Aramco or something? <laughs> no, it's, it's Adidas. Which makes more sense oh, than Baiju's. Oh, by the way, uh, quick shout out to that incredible Adidas um, sign that was, I think, I don't know which city it was in, but Dubai. maybe Dubai, but that, yeah, that huge uh, 3D uh, building signage that they had going on. Oh, that was incredible. <clears throat> messy in the different ages. Great to see. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of the quiz. And I guess this is the end of our coverage of the World Cup. We've enjoyed every bit of it, just like we've enjoyed every bit of the World Cup. And we had a lot of fun talking about it and bringing this to our listeners all through the World Cup. I think most of us are still not ready, still in the hangover mode of going back to the Premier League season. I think the Carabao Cup game tonight, which is Man City versus Liverpool, will have to kick us uh, screaming back into reality, back into club football. But uh, this is us signing off from the World Cup, probably the World Cup of M's, the Middle East World Cup, the Messi World Cup, the Mbappe World Cup, the Morocco World Cup, whatever you call the it. most exciting World Cup. And ended by a kick by Montiel. And that is where we leave you, listener. And we shall resume normal service fairly soon. For the moment, bye. <laughs>